Green Left Weekly Radio. There is one newspaper that is independent of powerful interests, and that's Green Left Weekly. It's a people's voice committed to human and civil rights, environmental sustainability, democracy and equality. It presents ideas mainstream media won't. It's the leading source of local, national and international news analysis and discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movement. It exposes the lies and distortions of the power brokers and helps us to better understand the world around us. Good morning, listeners. This is Green Left Weekly Radio and Friday Breakfast combined, I suppose. Morning, Jacob. Yeah, good morning. How are you this morning? Ah, oh, pretty good. Um, <laughs> and to remind uh, listeners, this is uh, Radiothon Week, and we will start with uh, paying our respects to the elders of this nation. Do you want yeah. to do that? Um, yes, we'd like to acknowledge um, the Wandry land of the Kulin Nation and that FreeCR t- uh, today is being broadcast to you um, from stolen land and that um, sovereignty has never been ceded and that this always was, um, always will be Aboriginal land. That's right. Okay, today is Radiothon. Here we go. <laughs> That means donation time for listeners. Mm. So let's start off with some news. You want, you've got some sad news to start off well, with. I'll, well, no, no, I'll start, the posi- I'll start with the positive, positive news. Okay. I'll start with the positive news first. Um, just a quick kind, um, following um, the island vote um, around abortion, um, it looks like um, Argentina is um, the next country that is looking to pass legislation around abortion. Um, it just... I think as of seven hours ago, it just passed in the lower house um, of the parliament, of the Argentina parliament. I think it was like an overwhelming majority, or not overwhelming majority, I think there was like 127 to 125, so 125 That's people voted against it. That's not a, so it's sort of like a 50, yeah, a 55. It's a majority. A majority. <laughs> and, um, but it, the next challenge will be to see if it, you know, passed in the Senate. Um, so I guess, you know, if, um, this happens, it's, um, more reasons to support Argentina in the World Cup. And. <laughs> Jacob, that's <laughs> disgustingly biased. <laughs> now, and, um, now that, hey, now I just want to talk about, um, some unfortunately some very sad news and this has been all over the media, um, for the past few days, but, uh, 19 year old, um, comedian, um. 22. 22, oh, 22, sorry, that's the <laughs> 22-year-old comedian, um, Eurodai... This is a, a tricky Eurodice, name to, to pronounce. Eurodai yes. Dixon, um, her body was... Um, Erucidi. What? Erucidi. Yeah. Dixon, um, she was unfortunately um, murdered and sexually assaulted and her body was found in the Prince's Park sporting precinct between Royal Parade and Prince's Park um, Drive and Prince's Hill. Um, I think this, yeah, this is a, unfortunately race. They found the man, um, uh, who murdered her and he is being charged with, um, rape and murder. Um, but it's just a very unfortunate, you know, indictment of, you know, our, you know, sexist patriarchal society that, you know, a woman can't even, you know, walk safely in Prince's Park of That's all right. places. Um, you know, this is supposed to be like the, you know, North Carlton. Women should be able to work anywhere safely at any time. That's bottom line. And if a country like this that boasts of, uh, you know, um, 
women's liberation, feminist uh, organizations and equality for women cannot guarantee safety for women, mm. then we have a big fight in front of right. us. And but just, just sorry, sorry, Jacob. Um, her father is well known to 3CR. Uh, he has had a long-term relationship with us in the past. I'm not exactly um, sure of the details, but we will bring it back if necessary. Mm. But, yep, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, and um, so, yeah, there's been many tributes paid to her because... You know, there's many paying tribute to on um, social media with many comedians, including um, Michelle Laurie, Zoe Kubzma, and Cecile Paclure, all these hard-to-pronounce names. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you can all read that on social media. But more importantly, um, there will be a vigil for her at 5.30pm yep. uh, on Monday out at Prince's Park. Um, and encourage, you know, everyone to attend. Um, but there's also lots of stuff on social media about her. And I think what's the saddest part, I guess, about the story is um, the last text that she sent to her friend um, was basically that she's coming home safely and that she's... Mm. And, of course, she didn't um, expect what happened in the next... After oh, that happened in the next hour. Very emotional. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, very terrible news story. But um, there will be a vigil at 5.30 um, this Monday. I guess now, to get a bit political... Um, Quite that is political, out- da- yeah, uh, Jacob. Um, thank you. <laughs> well, I haven't really talked about some of the political aspects, but I'm quite outraged. I just read this morning um, that, you know, the police's kind of response is, you know, instead of telling, you know, condemning, outright condemning what the man has done um, and that, you know, putting the onus of responsibility on, you know, the okay. man who committed the crime, yeah. um, their basic call of line has been, oh, well, people should... Be safe um, at night. What does that mean? Which, yeah, I like it's basically victim blaming, mild, very mild victim blaming, I would say, well, for the police, because police have said much worse in the past, especially in response to cases like this. But I think it's quite an outrageous response. Um, and, you know, they ba- and I think all the evidence actually shows that she did take all the precautions. In fact, the fact that she sent a text um, to her friend and was in contact with her friend... Indicates. You know, you know what scares me about this particular incident. Princess Hills is not far from where this is. Mm. School kids, mm. a lot of young men and young women. I mean, it, it's it's it, yes, a woman was attacked, but young kids and boys can be attacked too. Mm. But it it just opens up the vulnerability of the young people who who utilize the school in that area too. Safety. Mm. I mean, you you can't just brush it off like what the police have done. Anyway, our, our thoughts are anyway. with the family affected um, by um, her death. And just, uh, I don't have the actual link, but there is a GoFundMe um, page for her family. Uh, I think if you just search, um, if you searched her name in Google, you should be able to find it. We'll get, uh, to get that to Gab's doing Yeah, that. but um, someone is trying to get the link um, to the Go who GoFundMe. Okay, page. so that is very sad news to start off with, but um, the fight continues, and this is, I'm going to play a little snippet here, so that gives um, the website to go to to participate or donate to uh, the fund established f- uh, around this. Um, it's https um, co- uh, colon and uh, the double slash eu dot go fund me one word dot co- dot com slash princess dash park dash victim dash fund i think if you found if you um Googled GoFundMe um, and put the uh, poor woman's name, um, you'll get to the website. 
<clears throat> anyway, okay, so that is one bad incident, but I also encourage any um, individuals or communities that are organizing uh, any event around that particular incident, do ring in, let us know so we can publicize it and um, help support hmm. um, women in such dire straits. Just, uh, it's not just, I can't even talk, I'm really upset. But anyway, get back, getting back to the theme today. <coughs> There's one last yeah. news story we probably should cover. Um, and that is um, the kind of results of the North Korean and oh, please. Is um, US result? summit. Yeah, there is actually kind of result. And I actually think it is quite um, actually a progressive kind of move um, for Donald Trump, interestingly enough. Um, so, you know, base, and of course, I think I don't think we should give any credit um, to Donald Trump for what has happened here. In fact, all the credit should go to the South Korean peace activists who have been campaigning this for this for a very long time. Um, so a bit of a summary of the story is um, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and United States President Donald Trump met at a historical historic summit in Singapore on June 12th um, that concluded with a joint statement. Um, this summit essentially reaffirmed the spirit of transitioning to peaceful coexistence contained in the Pan Monjom de- Declaration signed at the North-South Korean summit on April 27th, which was basically, you know, the signing of peace um, between North and South Korea. What's, you know, what's interesting enough, and I think this is actually a very progressive move, I mean, there has been criticisms thrown towards Donald Trump from these so-called centrist kind of liberals um, that, you know, Donald Trump hasn't sufficiently condemned North Korea for its... Um, for its human rights, human rights abuses, um, you know, which is problematic for a number of reasons. Basically, okay, so there's no denying the fact that, you know, North Korea, the North Korea regime has committed, um, human rights abuses. But in terms of this whole, um, you know, ha- I just don't know how you can criticize, um, the US government for making any, pro- um, any, sh- um, moves towards peace, uh, right, with North you Korea. You can't criticize it, you can't, you can't, um, uh, what do you call it? Support it or praise it. I mm. can't quickly think of a word. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and also that what I just read in the news, um, like this morning, that there are Democratic, um, senators trying to put the pressure on, on Trump. And one of the, one of the moves that have come out of this is that they get to remove U.S. troops out of, out of North, out of the Korea, North to South Korean border, which is actually a good thing. Yet, you know, come this response from some of the liberal sort of center left is that, you know, we want more war. Uh, we want to, um, heighten the aggression of, um, towards North Korea. And I also have a bit of criticism towards a recent statement that Richard D. Natale put out, um, leader of the Greens put out about, um, this whole summit in that, you know, he was basically making this, um, statement along the lines that, you know, Donald Trump should have condemned Kim Jong-un more, which I think, and also, I think there was also particular problems with the demand that was kind of put forward by Richard D. Natale in that he was arguing that Donald Trump should have put the pressure on North Korea to denuclearize. And I guess the problem with that, with that demand in itself, is what they actually should be arguing is that the U.S. should denuclearize. Exactly. And so should um, the whole in Korea in its entirely, because one of the reasons why North Korea, you know, ha- is stockpiling so much North Korea, um, nuclear weapons is because of the fact that they fear there's an existent- existential fear that they could be bombed to bits by, by the United the US. US. 
and also South Korea to the south of the border. So it's sort of, um, I think it's quite a, a very problematic double standard. No, not, um, not actually trying to, you know, defend what North Korea has done and so on. Too. But it's like, it's just, I think it's just an incredible point. But I think this is uh, a very progressive move, that the fact that there is much more stabilisation of peace. And I think, all, as I said before, all the credit should go towards, you know, the South Korean kind of peace activists who have been campaigning for this kind of, for this unification to happen. Uh, well, well, there's no real unification yet, but the fact that there is North Korean South Korea. Yeah, but this is not the first time the North and South Koreans have met. This is about the third time they've met. And what's also important to recognize is that uh, the hypocrisy of the U.S., it goes around threatening people, um, not just North Korea, and, uh, it's also Iran and, and so on, uh, and bullying smaller countries um, into um, the submission, whether it is getting rid of nuclear weapons or, or changing allegiances from China and um, Russia to, to the U.S. It is the bullying tactics, and, the, and, and that, that really is irksome, and it's enormous hypocrisy that the U.S., has the most number of weapons, the most weaponized country mm. in the world, going around t- telling other people, don't buy weapons, don't have nuclear nuclear weapons, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, I think any, any person with a small amount of common sense will work this out. It's, it's not crazy. It's, it's, uh, it also has underlying racism in it. Because the U.S. says, we are the white people. We know, we are the good people. We are the good guys. All you Asians and Middle Eastern fellows, the black fellows or the non-white fellows, are not trustworthy. We you're, can't well, you're trust not civilized. You. Well, well, yeah. And you don't have the capacity to use nuclear weapon responsibly, so to speak, if that there's such a thing. But in, in, in the end, as you say, Jacob, it, the whole world has to deal with nuclear crisis if they're going to do this. Okay, now let's get on. This is Radiothon, guys, and we, we've got a dead phone here. Um, if someone can ring and make a donation, that'd be fantastic. And just to, to build up the spirit a little bit, um, there's someone minding the phones, and you won't go directly to air. Um, you will speak to the person, and um, there's Gab waiting for phone calls. Yeah. Well, we actually, um, we actually should probably say out the number. So um, to make a donation to Radiophone, um, yes. you can... I was about to do that, but it's yeah, all right. You can call um, <laughs> 03941983377 or SMS 048893055. So that is 048893055. Um, and the landline is 03941983377. And to remind uh, listeners, uh, anything above the amount of two dollars is tax deductible. And um, as you, you know, if you're regular listeners or if you're a new listener, um, this is a community-run radio. We are run by volunteers. And give you, let's give you some information about actually how this works. We, we, uh, it costs us ninety dollars to run the studio for for an hour. And um, we go to air uh, at 3CR Breakfast. This is the breakfast in, uh, programs alone. We interview two. Th- we have interviewed 2,000 organisations and individuals every year. That's the the breadth of information we are able to bring to you. And we have got 128 programs, so you can multiply that by 128. And also the fact that it, it remains that we are run by volunteers. We have about 
500 volunteers who staff the station. They uh, donate their time and follow their passion, and they bring to you interesting programs. Um, you know, whatever your interest is, you'll find a program that you can listen to. And so dig deep and do um, donate. Um, if you like this program, donate to our program specifically, and that's what this is all about. Um, but you can also donate um, generally to, to 3CR if you want. So you can also text in your, your donation. And as um, Jacob pointed out, the text number is, uh, f- uh, the number for texting is 0488 even if it's $5 you can donate, it all adds up in the end. So please think about donating and do donate. Um, you may be busy um, taking your kids to school, getting organized, doing, making breakfast, whatever. Um, you can also donate later. You can make a pledge now and ring up and donate later. You can donate in, in, in small amounts and in installments. All that is possible. You, all you have to do is ring us and talk to us. You can donate online at 3cr.org.au. You'll find your pathway to donations there. And for um, Green Left Weekly um, uh, Radio, you can also look at Give Now, which is a donation page. And you can make donations through Give Now as well. So get get your um, uh, work done for the morning and think about what you'd like to donate to our program so we can remain on air. This is about keeping the mic and this is a fight for our mic, actually. So 94198377. So let's go to a break, and then we can um, then go to an interview I did with Dick, which is one of our favorite. Welcome back to Green Left Weekly Radio. One of the features that I guess um, we are very fond of is uh, bringing international news to um Listeners, and um, and our favorite corner is Latin America, and um, th- there's this one uh, little snippet I want to read to to listeners because I find it really interesting. I think sometimes um, when we support some of the Latin American countries in their fight against the U.S., people label us as mad left, mad left trots, whatever it is they can they can think of. But here's an article, a snippet of an article from um, uh, a guy, uh, an article written by Peter Koenig. And he writes for um, Concurrence, I think it's called. Um, he's a He's um, uh, a specialist in water resources and environment, and he's worked for 30 years with the World Bank and the World Health Organization and in the fields of environment and water. He uh, lectures at universities in Europe, U.S., and South America, and he writes regularly for global research. Um, so this is, this is what he has said in his article, and I, um, I was very impressed. So let, here we go, quote, There is no doubt by any member of the high-powered and professional electoral observation delegation that the Venezuelan elections were correct and that Nicolas Maduro had legitimately been re-elected with 68% of the votes for the next six years. That's 2019 to 2025. The low turnout of 54% is blamed by the West on Venezuela for barring the opposition candidates and opposition parties from voting. In fact, the turnout is low because of the West, EU and the US instigating the opposition to boycotting elections. 
Under these circumstances, 54% is great turnout, especially when compared to the only slightly higher numbers. 55.7% of Americans who went to the polls in 2016 when Trump was elected and 58% in 2012 for Obama's second term. That's the state of neoliberalism, neo-fascist world of the 21st century. Defending the honest and correct from accusations <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> by the criminal lying hooligans is what the West has become. A bunch of mafia states without ethics where laws are made by white-collared criminals for their corporate-dominated governments, unquote. So that is an affirmation, I guess, of um, the sort of coverage that um, we at 3CR do, um, give you alternative news from alternative resources, um, and we, we um, speak on behalf of or on the side of people and not the 1%. So that is the style of, of international news we we um, offer, and we encourage if you support that sort of um, approach, we encourage you to donate. Um, call nine four one nine eight three double seven, and um, make a donation. Be it five dollars, be it fifty dollars, be a hundred dollars or more if you can afford it. So we want to keep programs like this on air and we want to keep going and we've been going for more than 40 years we want to keep that up hmm. okay so um i thought i could play this interview i did with uh, dick nichols who's our uh, green left uh, weekly paper newspaper uh, correspondent he, yeah Spain. international co- correspondent he's international european desk yeah. um he does cover uh, many countries but his focus is in catalonia so This is the interview I did actually just last night. So I will do it in two parts. So I'll um, do the first part now. This is actually, if you had listened uh, recently, I did an interview with him just before the ousting of um, Rajoy as the Spanish uh, Prime Minister. And this interview now is uh, the second part post um, Rajoy. And now you've got um, Sanchez, who's now become Prime Minister. Pedro Sanchez. So here's Dick Nichols. Okay, Dick, thank you very much for um, talking to us again. And this is an update from the last interview we had, which was very recent. Now, the event has occurred. Tell us what actually happened and um, how it's panning out. Uh, I take, take it you mean by the event, the overthrow of the Rajoy government. Yes, is that right? of course. Yes, yes, that was the event. Well, And looking back on it, it all looks very inevitable, though it didn't look like that at the time, because what had to happen was that you had to construct or the, the, to support the motion of no confidence that was moved by the uh, Socialist Party, the PSOE, as we say here. Uh, they had to construct an alliance of, with Podemos uh, and with the Catalan and Basque uh, nationalist parties in the, in the Spanish parliament. Mm. That was only, that was the only way you could get a majority. Mm. Um, so Rajoy has ruled really since he was got back into government in late 2016 by managing to divide to divide what is a very unstable block because you've got, for example, the Basque Nationalist Party, which rules in the Spanish Basque country, mm-hmm. is quite conservative. They did a deal with Rajoy just a week before the 
end of his government uh, over the the budget for 2018. They got goodies as part of that. Um, but what happened was that once the full news of the decision on the corruption uh, case in which this PP was involved, in which you know was the corruption was run as a system to uh, provide funds to the uh, to the PP to the Popular Party, uh, Rajoy's party. Uh, once that whole scandal came out and the court ruled that this had been a system to defraud the public purse, uh, it became impossible really for people to look the other way. Um, the Rajoy himself thought, oh, well, this is just another one of these things. We can ride this out as we've ridden out so many other scandals. Um, but the real problem for us was for the Socialist Party. If it didn't move a motion of non-confidence, it would have been very exposed to attack from Podemos, you know, the, the more radical left force. And so it had to do that. Once it did that, then Podemos, of course, had been calling this for over a year, so they said, of course, we're on board. And then the Catalans had to decide, well, we, you know, we don't think that uh, uh, the, the Socialist Party and Sanchez, the leader, is going to be any better on this Catalan question than uh, probably than Rajoy because if Sanchez had been going in for Catalan bashing just a couple of weeks beforehand, bashing the new uh, Catalan government here. But they really had a decision. Do we Are we seen in the rest of Spain just to be supporting this corrupt Rajoy government? So even though they said we don't expect very much from... Sanchez and the Socialist Party, we have to, we have, we have no choice but to get rid of Rajoy. I mean, that was, that was basically it. Uh, so theirs was a vote against Rajoy rather than a vote uh, for Sanchez. The same thing happened in, with the left Basque nationalists, that is Bildu. Uh, they initially said, well, what's, you know, you know, this is just sort of two variations of a very bad, uh, sort of uh, anti-Basque politics, but they too understood that they had to vote against Rajoy. The last people holding out was the Basque Nationalist Party who had just done this deal to support the Rajoy's budget. Um, but the pressure from their ranks was so strong uh, that even though the tops, like the parliamentarians and the leadership of the party, they were leaning towards abstaining, which was effectively saying we're not going to condemn Rajoy, in the end they had to do it too because they would have paid a big price in the Basque country. Um, and to help them make that decision, um, Sanchez promised them that he would adopt the budget that they had just done a deal with the PP, even though the Socialist Party had voted against this budget. He promised that he would uh, implement that budget. So they were put into a, into a position where they were going to get what they voted for uh, with the budget, uh, and if they didn't, uh, vote to su uh, support the century, the, the uh, no confidence motion, then they would have been seen as the people in the whole of the Spanish state who had left Rajoy in government. Oh, Once they decided, that was it, that was it, he was gone. Yeah, but then, you know, look at the cabinet he's put together um, since he has been um, elected. Uh, yeah. He, he has got Carmen Calvo. Um, who was, who was a, a Pasovi representative in the talks that led to impose um, direct rule on Catalonia. 
And then you've got that uh, ex-Spanish ambassador to Morocco who paid homage to Franco's most bloodthirsty bigwigs, as you put it, in your blog. So what's that saying about this new regime, as well as um, Podemos, the, the Basque, and the Catalonians' expectations? Well, well, first of all, I wouldn't call it a regime. It's a, it's a new government. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, but it's, it, it's the, the regime is the, the Spanish state and the Spanish establishment uh, and, you know, the, the existing constitution. Uh, this is a, a government of this regime. Well, uh, that's, that's the key question. What this is, is a highly um, manicured uh, government which has been a ministry which uh, has is the most feminist, most female uh, cabinet in the whole of uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. It is eleven out of the eleven out of the eighteen ministers are women. Mm. Uh, two of the uh, arrested, two of the male members were uh, were gay, until one had to resign just yesterday because of some uh, tax evasion he was involved in, which nobody knew about, but which came out. Um, this had to happen because of what is happening in Spanish society, which was the, what we talked about, I think, in a previous uh, interview, which was the massive outpouring on International Women's Day here. Yeah. Five million women, women and their supporters on the streets. Uh, so it, this gave, what this gave uh, chances a, uh, Sanchez a chance to do was to put in women who could, women, very competent professional people, whom, but who would be trusted to not be too far to the left, not, and not to the left at all in some cases, um, but who were definitely not PP, they're not PP people at all. Um, so this is what's happened. And now, and the, but this is, not a, this is a government which is going to hold the line on the national question that is not going to accept, as already been said by all spokespeople, is not going to accept the right to self-determination for the uh, nationalities in the Spanish state. So it's not going to accept that there should be a referendum, an agreed referendum, a negotiated Scottish-style referendum for Catalonia. That's already been said. But there's going to be a lot of change in tone. So, for example, the the woman minister who is in charge of these dealings with Catalonia has said that she's prepared to revisit uh, the Catalan log of claims, which, which was put put to the Spanish state or by a previous Catalan administration, she's prepared to discuss 45 of these 46. And point 46, of course, is the agreed uh, referendum, the mm-hmm. negotiated referendum. But this, the, the tone is different. Uh, and so Sanchez himself, who was abusing Kim Torra, the president here, as being a racist, xenophobe, etc., etc., and campaigning on that in Europe, uh, is now going to meet with Torra. And so there's a big change in decor, in messaging, put it that way. But the essential questions, and there's not going to be any back, uh, any backing away on essential questions. And we should also remember that there's two, at least two ministers here who are intensely anti, uh, against the Catalan national, um, aspirations. One is the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Burelli. Josep Borrell is a Catalan himself, but who was one of the leaders of the Catalan civil society here, uh, and a campaigning militant unionist. 
and the other one is the new Interior Minister, uh, Grande Malaska, who was a, a judge on the National High Court, involved in six of the nine cases where the European Court of Human Rights ruled that the rights of Basque detainees not to be tortured had not been had not been uh, had not been guarded, you know, had not been had not been respected. Mm. So that's uh, and, and you know, Malaska said just two days ago there are three problems in in the Spanish state, or there are three problems that the rule of law has in the Spanish state. One is terrorism. Um, one is corruption, and the third is the Catalan independence movement, as if they're all the three, three saints, you know, the same things. He said, I don't know which, who gets the gold, who gets the silver, and who gets the bronze medal. They probably all gold. So this gives you some, some idea of the tone of the hardest anti, the people who are hardest against the right to self-determination. Even so, what you've got is a quotes cabinet that is feminist, quotes progressive, quotes Europeanist, but it is probably in no way left, even though it will do good things because such compared to the PP, but that's like, you know, not really a very high bar to compare uh, the cabinet to. Um, that was Dick Nichols, um, international correspondent um, from Green Left Weekly, um, talking about the current situation in Catalonia where there's been a, a lot of major developments in light of the referendum. Um, and and you, it's also well, you're also listening to Green Left Weekly Radio during the Free CR Radiothon, and you know we're desperately trying to reach our target of a thousand five hundred. So I get on, pass it over to Lali. Yeah, and that was just part one of um, Dick's contribution. We will play part two in a minute. Um, and we want to thank listeners who have already donated. Um, Zane Alcon, who is a co-presenter, he has presented $35, and an anonymous person has donated $500. Uh, $500. I wish it was $500. $100. Oh. Uh, ben Cortes, $150. You want to play the role of the drum for that? Um, where is the role of the drum? You go down and you see it. And um, Martin, Mr. Martin, little child, um, $100. We should celebrate this because it's just wonderful that people actually appreciate us. Um, oh, there, the there's the, I found the applause. So okay, go. <laughs> okay, Emma Murphy, $50. And an anonymous fifteen dollars. Yeah, that was actually a friend. That's um fifteen dollars is actually from a friend no, of mine. No, you're not saying it's anonymous. It should remain anonymous. Yeah, well, Thank I don't. I didn't okay, <laughs> let's move. I'll read out the rest because um things are happening, which is good. These are people who have come onto the internet, uh, internet on the web, and and donated. They've either donated in, on the internet. That is. Uh, 3cr.org.au and you go down to donations and follow the prompt or they have um, donated via Give Now and you look for Green Left Weekly Radio and you will find the prompts to donate. Um, <clears throat> so 
get on the phone as soon as you can. Uh, you're probably busy getting ready for work early in the morning. Uh, but don't forget, you can always phone in and donate later. Uh, and if you like our program, obviously we'll encourage you to donate for the Green Love Weekly Radio. The numbers are again 94198377. And the other way of communicating with us is, of course, mobile phone 0488. Nine three zero eight double five. You can ring in or you can text your donation in. So get on the blower since you can and please donate because we would like to stay on air and I hope you continue to enjoy this program. And we also promote community events. You can always ring in and pr- tell us what your community is organizing and what they're doing so we can announce it and promote it in 3CR. Uh, just to repeat those numbers again, because I think we, it's good practice to repeat them twice. If you want to call to donate to our program, the, um, the number is 94198377, and to SMS it is 0488930855. Now, shall we go to the second part of Dick's interview? Uh, all right. So um, I'm gonna, we're going to be playing the second part of that interview um, with Dick Nichols, who's the international correspondent for Green Left Weekly and also a regular guest on our program. Mm, it, it doesn't seem very um, uh, prominent. The differences are so minute, really, when you think about it. Um, how are Podemos, the, the Catalonia independence group, and the Basque nationalists going to wear this? And they're going to have further trouble, though, if this is the sort of um, ministers that have been appointed by this government. Yes, well, I think what the first thing is that there's a series of areas where they can get well, this government can get brownie points and uh, where they're already getting them. I mean, the first one is in refugees. Uh, the, the, right. the, this, uh, this government has mm. accepted this ship that the Italian, mm. these Italian, uh, this Italian xenophobic racist government dominated by the uh, Lega Nord um, has refused uh, to embark, has refused to allow to come into a Italian port, which is actually against international navigation law. You know, right. It's actually against the, against the law of the sea. But the law of the sea is, is if people are in trouble, you look after them. That's right. And Malta uh, did you the rescue same. Them. Malta did uh, the and same. Malta did the same. Yeah. So he was so now because we've got a very strong pro uh, refugee rights movement in Spain, especially in Catalonia, which has had the biggest pro refugee demonstration anywhere in the world, half a million people last year. Um, this was an easy move to make for, and a good, good thing they did, you know, for Sanchez to make. But just, just to show you how factionalism enters everything here, he could have had this ship come into Barcelona. But if it had come into Barcelona, then it would have been associated with, you know, the Barcelona, you know, the Barcelona Council, with, uh, Articolau, uh, and it wouldn't have been brownie points for the PSOE. So they made a deliberate decision to send it to, uh, Valencia, where the Pasoe has more weight and where the, the Pasoe runs the local, the local government. But that's, you know, they will, that of course opens up the whole question of refugees, ceases to be a, so much of an easy issue here that it was not easy here, but it's not, nothing like what it is in the rest of Europe, in the, you know, Central Europe, in Slovakia and Hungary, you know, you know where we just don't accept refugees. They're, they're, they're aliens, you know. Um, here it's going to the whole discussion about what policies should be followed is is going to be very 
a very you know an interesting discussion. Um, there's going to be a lot a big space for Spain to accept a lot more refugees because it is not even anywhere near the quota that they agreed to under the uh, European Union plans for distributing redistributing refugees across the uh, countries of the 28, 27 members of the EU. Uh, so and because it's it's a popular issue here immediately even a PP regional government in Galicia said, oh, yeah, we'll take refugees too. You know, mm. Send them to us. Mm. You know? So that gives you an idea of what the, um, what the feel of the place is. That's the PP split between those who think, oh, we could use this in a right wing, it's a xenophobic you know, politics way, because, and we have to do that because there's people to our right who are screaming about this party called Vox. Um, and... PP people in government, like the uh, Premier of Galicia, has said, oh, no, if we don't come out and say, yeah, we'll take 200 refugees too, then we're going to get, uh, we're going to lose cred uh, on that front. So that's that's one thing that we will, I think, I will continue to do progressive policy mm. on. Mm. What um, else do you see that may be progressive? Because that's uh, the one brownie point, which is a good thing. No one's uh, going to argue Well, there's, with that. there's others. There's, there's others, I think, on, on, on uh, public health. Uh, if the minister, new Minister for Health gets her way and repeats what she did as the Minister for Health in Valencia, the um, uh, minister called Carmen Monton, uh, in, when she was in charge in Valencia, she restored universal access to public health. What the PP had said, no, illegal people, people who are illegally here, don't have residency status, don't have actual access to public health. Right? So you had a two-tier system of public health. She eliminated that in Valencia. Uh, and she was not, that was not criticised, by the way. Whereas, of course, when Catalonia did the same thing, it was immediately appealed to the uh, Constitutional Court and stopped. Um, she eliminated the surcharge on, you know, pharmaceuticals, which was just normal in Australia. There's a surcharge on every bloody thing. A surcharge on pharmaceuticals and prosthetics. She's waged a good war on, you know, pseudo-medicine like homeopathy. Yep. And she reversed hospital privatisations. I mean, if they're going to apply those sort of policies at the level of the Spanish state, which will not be the same easy thing, that's, that's progressive. Mm. Uh, the other area in which they can it'd be difficult not to be more progressive than the PP's environment. Uh, Spain was the world leader in solar thermal, and part of the reason for that was because of a subsidies which had been decided by the previous Socialist Party government, but which generated a real, a real pr uh, promising solar thermal uh, energy sector here. Uh, and which just went offshore as soon as these subsidies were removed. It went to Israel, it went to Morocco, it went to Algeria, and now they're going to try and get that back. Um, so they'll, they'll re-establish, I don't know whether they'll re-establish the full subsidy, but they'll do something along those lines. And the other thing they have the PP imposed here, this is, you know, classic kind of Neanderthal politics, but a tax on solar panels. Oh, God. So they had a solar energy tax, which is called the popularly tax on the sun, mm. a sun tax. So that'll be removed. And they've also said that they will adopt the most ambitious targets for moving to renewable energy. They're not ambitious enough, they're not sufficient. But in the European context, they're going to adopt the targets that the Danes are adopting, um, which are the, you know, the most advanced targets. And they're going to phase out, I'm sure they will phase out... Uh, 
these decrepit nuclear power stations that are still running in the, in this place. So these will be discernible improvements, mm-hmm. which the left would be, you know, you'd just say, well, that's a good thing. And another, another area, just just one last area, there's, there are others, but not, not to go on too long, um, there's the whole question of historical memory. There's 129,000 disappeared and unidentified victims from the Spanish Civil War in mass graves, mm. in 2,500 mass graves across the whole of the Spanish state. And we, you can still go into the, what is called the Valley of the Fallen, which is this obscene megalith uh, near, near Madrid, uh, where F- Franco's mausoleum is. And it's like you could go and visit Hitler or Mussolini mm. uh, or Pinochet, and mm. there's a mausoleum dedicated to them. Well, they could close that down. Um, that would be a, that would be an advance, and that would be very welcome. Yeah. An interesting, uh, just one last thing on that. An interesting test for them will what will, will be what will they do about a republic? Yep. Will they already? You've got uh, local the uh, government of Navarra is calling on the Spanish government, and will pass this through Parliament. So it will be a formal resolution of the Navarra Parliament that the Spanish Parliament hold a referendum on the Republic, and a uh, Republical monarchy. And this t- takes place at a time when the King's son-in-law is just about to go into jail for involvement in, uh, in a corruption case, corruption scandal, whereby what he did was he peddled, he, he peddled the uh, royal seal in exchange for money. Uh, wow. If you give me money, you know, you can have an event and it will be an event which has got the royal seal on it, mm. um, but it's going to cost you. Yep. And this and this came up, and we know, everybody knows, that this was suggested, it wasn't him who suggested this, this is, this, is, this is his father-in-law, i.e. the previous king, mm. who had this scheme. So here's a, here's a perfect moment for Port Amos to really campaign on. We need a referendum on, uh, on, the, on monarchy or, or the republic, because that will divide the Poseidon. Go right. right through the middle of the Pesari, okay. because in Navarra they voted against it, yep. but in other parts of, of in other parts of the state they would vote for it. Mm. Okay, let's leave that. That Dick, that's um, interesting stuff, and good to know that at least there's some small movements towards some positive change. But we'll keep an eye on it as usual. So just finish on this, maybe, Lali. Yep. The, the Pesari is a very small. Has only got 85 seats. They've got to construct majorities for everything. Mm. They construct their majorities to their right. They're going to pay a price towards uh, Podemos. They construct majorities too much with Podemos, then the Spanish establishment is going to say, "What's this thing we've let into power?" You know. <laughs> um, so, so that, that's what that's what's going to be like, issue by issue here. Oh. Uh, and of course, it will depend a lot on the political skills of and and strength, political strength capacities of, of, of Port Amos, you know, and you know, there's reasons for hope and there's reasons to worry, uh, but we don't have time to talk well, about that now. Well, let's hope that people mobilise appropriately. The most important thing is people say, right, we've got a new government, we want it to do this, yep. and make it as hard as possible. Take as much as they can. Take as much as you can, exactly right. <laughs> Thanks, Dick. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, talk to you. Bye. Alright, um, that was Dick Nichols, um, international correspondent from Green Left Weekly, um, t- sp- um, talking about the, you know, giving an update on the current kind of, um, intense situation that's happening in Cat- Catalonia.
Yeah, there's, uh, there's been a change of government. Uh, Rohay has been removed and Pedro Sanchez has taken over. And that's the um, beginning of a bit of an anal- analysis of what's happening in setting up the new government. And that's our regular correspondent, of course, and we will keep an eye on that for some time coming, I'd say. Now, let's go on to some uh, people who have actually donated, which is just wonderful. Mr. Paul Rayner and Chris Lee. Mr. Paul Rayner donated $20 and Chris Lee donated $100. Jump roll. Okay. Uh, Margaret Windage, $100, and Juliet Fox, $10. Yes. Oh wait! Uh, yes, I'm. There's <laughs> a drum roll. <laughs> and one more, Gillian, um, uh, Helen, William, uh, donated um, fifty dollars. Drum roll. That's it. Thank you so much to everyone who donated, and let's keep this momentum going. Um, please donate. Uh, we want to remain on air, and, I'm co- and I hope I'm hoping that you enjoy the um, program. And of course, if if you miss any of our interviews, our programs, you can always catch up on podcasts because we have ca- endeavoured to keep the posting of podcasts up to date, and you will find the latest. Um, that is uh, being played within a week will be on the podcast and you can always um, listen to it so for the service we do we hope you uh, you feel that you can donate something towards Green Love Weekly Radio or Friday, Friday Breakfast um, so that is from um, today you can you can ring 0488 9308855 that's the mobile number you can text uh, your donation or you can ring and of course talk to somebody online and donate and the landline is 94198377 and if you want to donate on on uh, online um, go to 3cr.org.au and look for donations and follow the prompts the other way you can donate is go to the give now one word um, website and type in Green Left Weekly Radio and you can make a donation there. It's a bit more convenient. So if you are just dropping up your kids or if you're getting ready to go to work, if you're busy having breakfast and so on, please remember you can always donate later. You can make a pledge and you can donate later. You can also pay in installments if it suits you better. So get on that phone and let us know that you are listening. Let us know that you are enjoying the show like we are. Mm. All right, I might just play a quick announcement, um, for actually for an, ac- um, for an upcoming fundraiser, and I'll play the song of afterwards. Yeah, this is actually an important fundraiser because it actually the money will kind of go, kind of does support Green Left yeah. Weekly and Green okay. Left Radio. Yeah. All right, you're listening to Green Left Weekly Radio, and it's um, Radio Fong time, fighting for your mic. Um, now, I guess if, um, for those who have been enjoying our program, I actually just want to repeat again that if you would like to donate, you know, to help keep our program on air, you can call 94198377. Although if you make, if you're listening, um, to this program, um, out of Victoria, you should, um, or the number is 039419. Eight three seven seven, and the mobile number is zero four eight eight nine three zero eight five five. That's zero four 
8893 Um, yeah, donating to our program keeps this, um, program normal and also keeps FreeCR on the air. Um, at this point, um, the station has raised almost a hundred thousand, um, of its, of our, of our 2,500,000 target, targets. So we're still only halfway through or not even really halfway through yet um and so we're going to keep on pushing for donations and keep on because you know keeping on um keeping um this station up and running is a long a hard task all right now we have we will have our activist calendar at um 8 a.m and i think around 8 10 a.m we will have we will um be interviewing um one of our editors for green left weekly just to talk a bit about the importance of um of Green Left Weekly um as it relates to this um radio program Green Left Radio and you know why you should support um Green Left Radio um during its radio fun. Now I just want to play a song um by Camp Cope um done and you know Camp Cope are quite a popular um band. Um they're a feminist um kind of punk band that you know is quite well known for um, being very prominent in speaking out against um, sexual harassment in um, the music industry. So this is done by Camp Cope. Welcome back to Green Love Weekly Radio listeners. And I hope all of you are thinking about how to donate to this program. And, of course, the numbers are 93, sorry, 94198377 and the mobile number is 048 So get on that blower and keep us on air. Alright, so that song you, um, that was just playing before was done by Camp Cope. Um, now we're getting into the, um, to that time of the program, um, for the Green Left Weekly Activist, um, calendar. Um, so just a quick announce, um, there, only just a few announcements, um, this week, although there might be more stuff that, um, I haven't thought of yet, but, um, the first event, um, there will, this Saturday will be the Green Left Weekly Annual um, Comedy Debate. Will Trump tweet us into oblivion? Um, that's going to be happening at the Brunswick Town Hall. Doors open at 6.30pm um, for an 8pm start. And, yep, I highly encourage you to come along. It's actually uh, an important fundraiser for Green Left Radio because all the money would go direct to Green Left Weekly. And it's probably the biggest Green Left Weekly fundraiser that happens every year. Um, although there'll also be another fundraiser for pill testing, um, happening at 8pm at the Gasometer Hotel at 484, 484 Smith Street in Collingwood. Now the other event, um, that was announced early in the program in response to the tragic death of the woman in, um, Princess Park, there will be a vigil for her at 5.30pm, um, on Monday, um, which is June the 18th, um, at the Princess Park. So there'll be a vigil for her at 5.30pm at the Princess Park. No, that's mon- this Monday is the 11th. No, it's not. No, it's right. the 18th. It's the 18th. Right. Yeah, the 18th. Sorry, yep. my, my bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other, um, the other stuff that's happening coming up, I, I'll just do, I can just do the yeah, whole. Yeah, finish the whole. Um, so there'll be a rally in March, Unite to Stop the Right, at 11 a.m. at the Shreds Hall, um, organised by a campaign against ra- um, fa- racism and fascism, CARF. Um, there will be on Saturday, the ju- Sunday. Saturday, July 7th to Sunday, the July 8th, there'll be um, a conference, Australian Refugee Action Network at the ANMF building, 535 Lizard Street in the city. Um, and there'll also be the conference, um, Student Sustainability, um, from Saturday, July the 7th to the Wednesday, July 11th. Um, and just to give a bit of inside information, because this is 
it's confirmed because I'm, I live with one of the organisers of this conference. Um, it will be taking place at the La Trobe University in Bondura. Um, so you can get there by the Route 86. And also another thing about the conference is you could, um, one of the, the significant things about the Student Sustainability Conference is that you can also camp, um, set up a camp in um, the conference venue. So if you want to have a winter camping trip, um, the conference is both. <laughs> Upwards warm. Yes. <laughs> Um, people don't care about that. <laughs> yes, and um, just uh, another event that I forgot to mention, which is sort of in um, what's I think it's when's Tuesday, not this Tuesday, the following Tuesday there will be um, an event organised by Green Left Weekly, um, titled "Can a Universal Basic Income Resolve Inequality?" Um, they'll be at six thirty p.m. Tuesday, the twenty twentieth, is it? Um, what's the nineteenth? Ne- no, no, the next Tuesday. Okay, confirm that in another. We'll confirm it later, but it, it'll be at the Resistance Centre, Level Five, Four Hundred Seven yeah. Swanson Street, next Tuesday. Um, now, um, I think I'll pass it over to Lali. Yeah. So, a couple of things um, typical of how we uh, cover a broad range of issues left out by the mainstream media, and one of them is one we we have been mentioning regularly in our announcement is the UGL SO workers. They have been out of work or on strike for a year now, um, one of the longest strikes in. Um, in Australia, I guess, and they they have been on strike because the SO workers at Longford, Victoria, there are the 230 workers who who were sacked and were uh, were were being offered their, their same job back with a 30% wage cut. And they are on a campaign trail again to encourage people to send emails um, to um, the uh, union to show their support. And the website is all the W's, australianunions.org.au. So please do that because it's really important that we as a community support workers like this because one day it will happen to us. And we've seen this repeated behavior by employers across the board from, from CUB to, to the, um, gig economy people and, and also to, um, of course, these poor 230 workers who have been fighting for a whole year um, to try and get their worker wages uh, and conditions back. So do send an email. Um, get on to Megaphone as well because they are, they are publicizing this event and it's a campaign to send emails to various people. So do get on to it. It's all the W's, australianunions.org.au. Uh, now, the other thing related to industrial news that we cover uh, as much as we can, which you don't, again, find in um, the mainstream media, is this is actually um, from P- the PEN, which is uh, uh, one of the alternative news sources. And uh, they're talking about the gig economy. Uh, this is where people are engaged by the use of digital technology. An app is downloaded. Um, and through this, the person is contracted to carry out specific tasks and paid a fee for this task. There are no wages calculated over a period, just a, a new form of piecework. This time, between the carrying out of the task goes unpaid, um, although the person is expected to make themselves available. The case will be heard at the Federal Court in Sydney on the 10th of July. So business practices, um, practicing this model, save themselves a lot of uh, money and uh, space, and they also don't pay these workers holiday pay, sick pay, training, insurance, work cover, and so on. So if they get injured on their way to, tra- to performing whatever task is allocated to them, there is no 
saving grace for these poor young people usually, and, and often it's migrants who do this job. So the cost of the worker is the, the cost of these things is transferred to the worker. So legal claims have been initiated by Fair Work Ombudsman Natalie James, claiming the riders have been engaged in engaged as independent contractors, but did the work of employees. So this is an important case where if the company is found guilty, it will throw doubt on the legality of the increasing widespread practice of this gig economy. So let's support these people and let's keep an eye on this um, uh, a court case because it's, it's fundamental to all of us and it's going to be affecting every one of us if we um, let this slip by um, and not notice or protest about it. So let's um, support the... Work, the Fedora workers in this case, there are three of them who actually filed the um, uh, filed against the um, the employers. So um, we will keep you updated as much as we can. Um, once the the case is over, we'll uh, get back to you about it. Um, no, no, I think it's time for the next interview. Yep. Um, and I'll go and get the person. Yeah, well, um, we'll be, we'll be, int- um, so we just received, uh, a don, another, a donation, um, from an anonymous donator who, um, even made a comment, um, great coverage and content on Green Left Weekly Radio, thanks, and, um, he, they donated $20. Um, so I'll play a bit of a drum roll for that person. Yeah, so, um, that's very welcome. So we now, I think our donate, um, we are currently at 790, and we still have 710 to go. Um, so, listeners, if you would love to support our program for, you know, the content we produce every week and, you know, the tireless work we do standing up for the rights of the oppressed, um, you can make uh, a donation by calling um, 94198377 or, alternatively, SMS 04. 04- Eight eight nine three zero eight five five. So that's zero four eight eight nine three zero eight five five. Um, and every single donation um, that's over um, two dollars is tax deductible. So I hope that's a bit of an incentive um, to donate um, to our program during the the radio fun. Alright, so we'll be having our interview quite shortly with the editor of Greenleaf Weekly, though, which I. I just to say, I think it's going to be more of a discussion um, because he is a long-time editor of Green Left Weekly. Um, and so we have Stuart Monkton on the line, who is a editor of Green Left Weekly. So we can kind of get, have a bit of a chat with him. This is going to be sort of like a, a bit of a discussion to try and motivate people to support our program, Green Left Radio. <laughs> um, so good morning, Stuart. Hey, how you going? Oh, good. Um, so maybe your first question, you, since you've been around since Green Left Weekly first started, is that correct or not? My, almost. Almost, okay. So Good what enough. can you tell us about, you know, can you talk to us about the significance of Green Left Weekly um, as a paper in its relation to Green Left Radio and, the, you know, the importance of the project um, for the social movements? Well, I mean, that's a project that's obviously changed in some ways in the sense of um, starting just as a, as a as a newspaper but has branched out into a range of things obviously now uh, online but also Green Left Radio is a, a good example of 
the way the project uh, taking on different forms is to have green left TVs are another another thing. And obviously, they're all ways in which we seek to challenge the dominant uh, media narrative. The fact that really only the powerful get a voice within the within the system, and they have their own media. And you can see even the nominally independent or uh, meant to be neutral media like the ABC is absolutely controlled really by the right uh, by funding. I mean, they, the way that the coalition government uh, uses its control of funding to silence dissenting voices from the ABC and to narrow those voices. And it's quite clear, even with the question of the internet, it's not just a question a lot of people hope with the internet that it would be a very free and democratic uh, form. And in many ways, it's still remains more so than old media forms, but you can see the way that the corporate and government domination of, of media just has, is repeating itself on the internet. It's getting narrower and narrower. Uh, the forms we use are increasingly controlled, and anyone who's uh, you know, tried to use Facebook you know, for, for political means can knows that in the last few years it's gotten narrower and harder to do it as a sort of corporate nature of, of Facebook and the fact that it exists to make a profit uh, and you know, sell, sell all of our data uh, becomes clearer, and that's true of the internet as a whole. So the, the need for for those of us who want to give a voice to the struggles of ordinary people to actually use uh, these these forms uh, and find the spaces becomes more and more important. And that's what Green Left Project has been about from the start. Whether it's about the newspaper, which obviously you know we can sell on the streets and at meetings and rallies and things like that or any other form we can use. And obviously Green Left Radio is one clear example of that. Uh, and 3CR in general is an example of that, of uh, using the, the form of radio to, to uh, get across voices that you just won't otherwise get uh, in the mainstream media. What are the strengths of um, Green Left newspaper, and I guess um, is mirrored as much as possible in, in the Green Left radio, is the, the international coverage. Um, can you tell us more about um, the international coverage? Because we don't get a lot of the alternative international coverage um, in any other alternative media, really. Uh, I think Green Left uh, newspaper does it really well. Um, talk to us how do you, you, you get hold of this, this um, international news and, and I mean you are, you are in charge of international news can you talk us, tell us about, more about uh, where you obtain information and, and your correspondence perhaps yeah well for us it's absolutely essential uh, that we give a huge focus to, to international matters um, the You're fading, um, Stuart. Oh, sorry, is that, is that clearer? Yeah. Yep, it's yep, clear. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that we, we, we have a focus on international, not just international matters, but also, again, in the same way within Australia, we're trying to give a voice to ordinary people, voices you don't hear. I think that's especially important internationally when the vast majority of the world is largely excluded from any any sort of uh, any sort of voice. Uh, the majority of countries are, and within even when the majority of countries, the poor countries from the, the global south, get a voice, it's always really only their their governments at best. Never the voices from never the voices from you know, 
try and understand and therefore change the world, you have to understand as a as a global that we live under capitalism as a global a global system. And it's particularly important here in Australia as part of the global north, even though we are in the south. Directly in, in the south. <laughs> uh, we are clearly part of that Western global north uh, rich world system, and you can see the way that we are leading the charge in uh, our country is leading the charge in uh, the fortress nature of the global north, keeping out undesirables from the global south, and in Europe, the racist, the far right uh, and more mainstream racist point to Australia as an example to of how, how to do that. I think that makes it incumbent on us uh, to really raise all these global issues and to give voice to that you don't otherwise hear. In terms of what that means, I mean, just an example. Well, obviously, we, we try to first of all cover uh, the struggles you may not otherwise hear about uh, around the world, and do it in a way that seeks to prioritise those voices and those struggles from from below of, of ordinary people, uh, or struggles that are otherwise demonised. So, for example, um, we do that in the case of, of Palestine, not just by reporting the events, but uh, for example, this week we got an interview with a uh, uh, Palestinian leftist who was one of the voices who initiated uh, the proposal for the Great March of Return. Uh, which has been going on the last couple of, of months in Gaza. Uh, for, for example, in we, we will have everybody's talking about Trump and Kim um, and the North Korea-US deal, and uh, you know Trump seems to be being attacked from the right by Democrats and, and liberals in the US who apparently want nuclear war. But no, here's some of the voices from South Korea. But we've got a, a, a South Korean activist. You know, providing the perspective that that, that perspective uh, places that are demonised, like you or or excluded, for example, in the case of Venezuela with the Bolivarian Revolution in recent years. Uh, one of the but not only is the Bolivarian Revolution demonised quite badly and uh, and lied about, uh, even though it's obviously got real problems, but they are exaggerated. There are voices again that you don't hear at all. So, for example, you don't hear at best you hear the voices of the, of the Venezuelan government trying to put its case, but you never hear the voices of the millions of ordinary people that make the backbone of the revolution that are trying to make the revolution in very, very difficult circumstances. But we do get those voices out. We interview those people, and we get we get and we we tell that that, that those stories. Uh, because otherwise you don't hear it, and if you don't hear it, you can't understand how the world works and functions. If 80% of the world is unheard of, is unheard from, you simply can't grasp it. And you might think, well, okay, we need a bit of a better deal here in Australia. Uh, people aren't doing that well, uh, which is true. But to fully understand it, you, you have to place it in the global system and realise that while people in Australia may not be doing that well, the majority of the world are living in hell, in absolute hell. Uh, and that's it. The suffering of people in Australia is connected to that. Hmm. Uh, it's all part of the same, all part of the, the same, all part of the same system. The corporations that that treat people very well here in Australia, some of the mining companies, when they go over, when they go to the global south, hmm. yeah. that works. Yeah, I just want to pause you there, Stuart. I think maybe this is like a good opportunity to kind of flare the. This is sort of um, just for listeners. This is kind of like you know what sort of Stuart is saying is sort of what 
what the our kind of overall kind of project with Green Left Radio is. It is to give um uh you know voices to the oppressed, to the marginalised, to the, the people and the voiceless, and you know strict and to the people you know who spend. Every, who are fighting for a better world. Um, we want to give, um, we want to empower those voices, um, to have a say in society because they're constantly denied by the powerful. And if you, you know, it'd be a good opportunity to say, you know, during this radiothon, if you would like to make a donation, um, I highly, you know, to keep that going, I highly encourage you to call 94198377 for the landline and the mobile is 04 double eight nine three zero eight double five and all donations above two dollars is tax deductible and more than that you'll be um, supporting a a project that is run by volunteers by people by the communities um, that believe in alternative voice and and should is, is one of those great examples of people's who who's um, offering his time um, to write for the newspaper and hence bring alternative news from around the world to the newspaper. Yeah. Now, just another thing I want to get Stuart to come from is an, actually another aspect of Green Left Weekly and the political project. Actually, in terms of comparing it to other left-wing publications, one of the significant things about Green Left Weekly, and it's in the title, Green Left, <laughs> is its kind of focus on environmental struggles and the environmental movement as a whole. That's one of the significant things about Green Left Weekly when we compare it to other left-wing publications. Not that um, other left-wing publications don't cover the environment, but we sort of put a bit of a primary kind of focus and emphasis on the environment um, uh, compared to other left-wing publica- um, publications in the world. And I'd like to, Stuart, to hear you comment on that. Well, again, I think, sorry, um, yeah, it's similar in, in a way in which I was discussing the international thing in the sense of understanding uh, the integration of a whole series of things in a systemic way. That is, you cannot understand uh, the struggle of one section of people or without placing it in an overall context. And that really, for us, has to mean that all the struggles have to include uh, it has to include the, the voices of the global south, it has to include the voices of indigenous peoples and it has to include the voices of women and other specifically oppressed sectors and if you place it in, the global, in an overall context you cannot ignore the fact that all of these struggles have to grapple with uh, and have to find a way to connect with probably the most profound struggle that we face in the 21st century, which is the, is the fact that the system that is screwing over all those sectors, is screwing over working people and all those other sectors, uh, is also undermining the very ability of a planet to sustain human civilization, as well as a whole series of other ecosystems and you know, animal and plant life, as we see with the huge mass extinction that we are, we are facing. Uh, and in that sense, if you understand that the same force that is, I would say, of capital and, and, its, and its political representatives that is making people's lives hell is doing that, then you understand that there's no point simply talking about uh, workers fighting for a wage rise if, if it isn't about, through that struggle, strengthening our side to take on all, all the problems 
of corporate power. Uh, there is no point getting a wage rise uh, if water rise means uh, you know that the workers' homes go under underwater. Mm. Uh, and so that you see all this sort of activity that strengthening our side capacity to push back collectively against corporate power, against capital, mm. uh, and a major part of that has to be over. The, over ecological issues, over the over mm. the fact of coal mining, over the fact of all these all all of these factors that make uh, in the, both in an immediate sense, if you're fighting for against coal and gas, you're often fighting in an immediate sense for communities' ability to uh, control their own land, uh, to have water access, to have water not destroyed. But you're also fighting in a in a bigger way. You're also fighting against polluting industries that, unless we can actually collectively build our power up to a level where we can push them back uh, and defeat them, hmm. then there is no point talking about any of these other struggles. Yeah. Okay. I think it just um, we can't um, risk going over time here. Um, so that I think, you know, what Stuart Connors is saying here, that, you know, one of the kind of important defining aspects of the Green Left Weekly project is that we want to, you know, we want to show that all these, you know, struggles against injustice, whether, you know, it's farmers struggling against CSG and, you know, the struggles for Indigenous people um, trying to fight for sovereignty and the struggles of women against um, sexism, the struggles of um, workers against... Uh, un, you know, against crap bosses <laughs> stealing their wages. <laughs> Ultimately, all these struggles are connected, um, and you know they're connected by the prism of the fact that we all live in a capitalist um, system. And you know, there's that whole famous union slogan: "Touch one, touch all." Okay, thank you, um, Stuart, and that's a great roundup of um, that uh, the Green Left uh, project. And I hope this motivates people to donate more. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. No problem. Good okay, night, bye. Yeah, bye. bye. Okay, on that note, listeners, I hope you're reaching into your pockets and you are getting ready to donate to Greenland Weekly Radio. Um, that brings you alternative news every Friday. Um, I have two more uh, donations to announce. Um, one is Sir Bolton, um, $40, and, and $3. Yes, and that's uh, brought our total up to 790. And I hope people who haven't had a chance to donate will ring in later. And uh, just remember, you can always uh, make a pledge now and pay later. Um, and you can pay in installments if you want yeah. to. So to make a donation, um, you can call 94198377. Or if you want to make an SMS, it's 04889308555. So that is zero four eight eight nine three zero eight five five. Okay, I'm thanking all the um, contributors to the program, Stuart Monkton, of course, and Dick Nichols, who we interviewed last night. Uh, and I hope you have a good day, listeners. And do think about donating to Green Left Weekly Radio. Um, well, we shall say goodbye and be on air again next Friday. Yeah. Okay. I'll just play, play a few quick announcements to close up the program. Pledge now, pay later. 3CR Radiothon, fight for your mic. June 4th to the 17th. Did you know that you can pledge your support to 3CR Radiothon now and pay up later? 
Call the station during business hours on 9419 8377 and tell us what you'd like to donate and then pay your donation later. 3CR, fight for your mic. This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio. Brought to you by the Green Left Weekly Newspaper, which provides a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment first. If you would like to subscribe to the newspaper and get it delivered to your door, you can do so by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it is only $10 for the first six issues. Repeats of the show and interviews are podcasts on our homepage on the 3CR website. Thank you for listening. You are tuned into 3CR Community Radio, 855 Digital on the AM dial and streaming live on 3cr.org.au.